everyone, Sława. Welcome to the next episode of Vityar's podcast, Searching for the Slavic Soul. My name is Magda Lewandowska and I am your lovely, although today a tiny bit exhausted presenter. But as always, my Polish accent remains strong. I am so happy to talk to you again. To be honest, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to make it. Initially, I planned to release this episode yesterday, but it's just been too much. It's been so, so hard recently to find time for anything. Nevertheless, here we are again. We've made it, so Sława! For those who join us for the first time, this podcast, Searching for the Slavic Soul, is a place where we are trying to find the soul of everything Slavic. We are stripping here the layers of mostly Judeo-Christian tradition that's been wrapped around the Slavic paganism over hundreds of years of Christianization. And through analyzing historical resources, Slavic folklore, and also using so very important common sense, we are trying to extract the core, the very soul of the Slavic paganism. And we are doing it today because recently paganism, any paganism, not only Slavic paganism, it's been becoming more and more popular. And with this increase of popularity, there is more and more people who preach about Slavic native faith, about Rodnoveri, without actually knowing what they are talking about. All this misinformation spreads all over the internet and uh, social media, and it doesn't only hurt me personally, it doesn't only hurt you, particularly if you are not Slavic, not white, not heterosexual, and last but not least, if you are not dumb. But most importantly, the misinformation really, really hurts the good name and the memory of our Slavic ancestors. And I just won't have that. So the ancestors I'm talking about before we start, let's just very quickly do the compulsory disclaimer. The ancestors I'm talking about are the pre-Christian Slavs, people who lived in early medieval ages before the Christianization of the Slavic land really kicked off. So, our ancestors, they created the original Slavic paganism with a particular purpose in mind. They created the whole systems of beliefs, philosophy and lifestyle to protect themselves from dying from the hands of the Slavic gods and other Slavic supernatural beings. Obviously not knowing physics, chemistry, biology and other sciences, not having modern transportation, building materials or medicine, our ancestors had to live in a world that attempted to murder them every single day. Nowadays, many tend to glorify the nature, especially those who live in the cities. They see the nature as uh, soothing and healing and kind. Some of them go as far as rejecting the modern medicine and instead believe in placebo-powered natural remedies. Well, thankfully, I say thankfully because we wouldn't be here if our ancestors didn't know better. Having to endure the brutality of Mother Nature, they most certainly were not as delusional as some of the modern urbanites. 
because you know mother nature is and has always been a serial killer of humanity in the or not humanity everyone actually <laughs> in the past has been let's call it observable more than now but mother nature has always been and is always capable and willing of slaughtering whole populations of humans in the past well actually nowadays as well all it takes is a little bit of wind a little bit of rain in the past you know all it took was a, a surprise visit from the ancient enemies of humanity like mycobacterium tuberculosis or smallpox or poliomyelitis or typhoid fever which you know thankfully now we have medicine for or vaccinations which by the way the urbanites don't believe in but that's a different story in medieval ages our ancestors did not know that they were being killed by a clash of atmospheric fronts or fluctuation in air temperature in the stratosphere or by a bacteria which can be easily killed by cooking in their eyes in the eyes of pre-christian slavs what was killing them was the gods or other supernatural beings like zmije which were the slavic dragons or vodniki the water spirits or other demons like vampires or rusalki so in order to defend themselves against these vicious attacks of the nature mother nature pre-christian slavs created a system of rituals prayers and beliefs which was designed to increase their chances of survival so the whole slavic native faith actually the original slavic faith it was followed to not to anger the gods to not to create new demons it was designed to help to find supernatural allies which for our ancestors were their ancestors it was also created to facilitate building strong interpersonal bonds which increased the chances of survival because it increased the chances of receiving help if other defense mechanism failed for example if you failed to please the gods with your sacrifice before harvest and your harvest was not good and you were facing dying of starvation through the winter all you had to help you through where your family or neighbors so you had to have strong bonds with them in order for them to share their food with you through the winter we do have it much easier nowadays thanks to science and technology in the modern times we found many very efficient ways to fight against the most prolific serial killer so the mother nature however unfortunately as the prosperity grows as the science and technology makes us healthier and more safe we the humanity we have encountered one more mortal enemy ourselves it is enough to look at the events of the last 100 years you know the first and the second world war the nazis the communists and all other atrocities in the 20th century and it very quickly becomes obvious that the traditional judeo-christian moral and ethical system it doesn't really defend us against ourselves it doesn't come with a good workable building anti-human defense mechanism this is why more and more people seek the less known the almost forgotten pagan ways of surviving 
Rodnoveri, the Slavic native faith, has such an anti-human auto-aggression defense system built in. The Rodnoveri, the system of beliefs followed by pre-Christian Slavs, can easily be used as a shield, or even a sword, against the human auto-aggression. It's a shield that's strong enough to stop other people or ideologies or lifestyles from hurting or killing you. And at the same time, the concepts of Slavic native faith are light and flexible enough to be portable and usable in day-to-day operations, even in the 21st century. But the Slavic way of thinking and interacting with the environment is not universal. To be able to pick up and use efficiently the shield and the sword that were forged by our ancestors, we have to fulfill certain entry requirements and, in most cases, develop a discipline of both thinking and acting in the world. So the Slavic faith is not universal and cannot be followed by everyone. This is why today I want to talk about the three main requirements that have to be fulfilled before one can become a Rodnover. The requirement number one is the ancestors. The veneration of the ancestors is one of the most important, if not the most important, pillar of the religion of our ancestors. For pre-Christian Slavs, the ancestors, their ancestors, the deceased members of their family, they were the source of support and the wisdom. The venerated ancestors of pre-Christian Slavs were the allies who helped to mediate in the interactions with the supernatural. The rituals focused on veneration of the ancestors were held regularly, both within the community, for example, while celebrating Jade, which, by the way, is a tradition still very much alive among the modern Slavs, even if they are not Rodnovers. So we had Jade, which was the celebration held by the whole community, and there were also individual prayers, or rather conversations with the ancestors, which were the individual way of venerating the ancestors. So, if you want to follow the Slavic native faith, you have got to find yourself some ancestors (laughs) to venerate. And, you know, they cannot just be like vague, unknown ancestors. They've got to be people of your blood, they have got to be members of your family, obviously deceased members of your family, and you have got to find them and figure out a way of communicating with them so they can in turn help you to build and maintain a communication channel with the Slavic gods or other supernatural beings. And now we are going to address the elephant in the room, Uh, We are going to talk about the corrupt and untruthful claims of some of the preachers of Slavic native faith who preach that because the veneration of the ancestors is such an integral and important part of the Rodnoveri, it means that only the ethnically pure Slavs can be proper Rodnovers. However, if we look into the history of Slavs and Slavic land, and if we use some common sense and logic, it actually is really easy to prove that those Nazi preachers are wrong. So, let's go! 
We are going to start with the history of Kiev and Rus, a country or rather a federation state, which existed in the early medieval ages between the 9th and the 13th century of the Common Era. Kievan Rus was the beginning of Russia. The Rarik dynasty, which started with Knyash, so Prince Oleg, the first ruler of Kievan Rus, the Rurik dynasty ruled Russia until the 16th century. And guess what? The Rurik dynasty ethnically was not Slavic. They were Varangian, which is a fancy medieval name for Vikings. I hope I pronounced it right. <laughs> so the rulers of the big famous Slavic state were Vikings. And to top that, a third of the subjects of the Rurik dynasty were Finnic. But for reasons which I will not be discussing here, uh, at the end of the 10th century, Kievan Rus decided to adopt Slavic identity. So we have a whole country which ethnically is mixed, Scandinavian, Finnic and Slavic. And one day the people who live in this country decide to go Slavic all the way. They adopt the Slavic language, culture, belief system, and they just became Slavic, despite not being ethnically Slavic. And you know what? Nobody has a problem with it. So why the heck now, suddenly, not ethnically Slavic Rodnover is such an issue? Can somebody explain it to me? Because I really don't get it. It makes no sense whatsoever because the... The Slavic rituals of veneration of the ancestors don't actually require ethnically proper ancestors. They require ancestors, full stop, people that are deceased and are related to you by blood. To open a communication channel with the afterlife, to open this channel in a Slavic way, you don't need to be of any particular ethnicity. You have to have ancestors, so deceased members of your bloodline, who you know and understand well enough to communicate with them. The Slavic beliefs do not see the ancestors as some metaphysical, mysterious and ethnically pure beings. They see them as real people who, despite not having a corporeal form, still want to support the living members of the family. This is why the important element of the veneration of the ancestors were, and still are, feasts held for and with the participation of the deceased members of the family. To facilitate the ancestors passing from the world of the dead to the world of the living, those feasts were organized at certain times of the year, for example, during the winter solstice, and in certain places, for example, at the crossroads or later at cemeteries. And the actual contact with the ancestors required a particular ritual, which was designed to open the communication channel and let's call it to summon the participants of the feast from the world of the dead. And here we get to the place where we get to use logic and common sense to explain why having ethnically Slavic ancestors is not a necessary requirement to become a Rodnover, and most certainly not in the 21st century. You see, it goes without saying that an open and understandable communication is most likely to happen 
if the people who wish to communicate can speak the same language and know and understand the same cultural symbols or norms. In the early medieval ages, pretty much every Slavic man or woman, well, maybe with exception of Kiev and Rus in the 10th century, but hey ho. <laughs> Every Slavic man and woman had at least one ancestor who followed, when he or she was alive, the original Slavic paganism. This is why the communication between, let's say, an early medieval Slav and his deceased grand grandmother was significantly easier. Both sides, the living Slav and his deceased grand grandmother, they knew the same rituals, symbols and words used during the celebration of Jade. The Slav knew how to properly invite the grandmother for the feast. He knew the right words or gestures and the grandmother also knew those words and gestures. She could understand it, recognize it and most importantly, she knew what to expect and how to behave after passing to the world of the living. So after arriving from the world of the dead, she didn't scare or hurt or hunt anyone. She was just there to help and support her family. However, in the 21st century, this mutual understanding between the living Rodnovers and their ancestors is not possible. If you are a modern Rodnover, pretty much every single ancestor you know by name or can discover and get to know by name was Christian. For you direct the closest ancestors, those who you can call or summon by name, the pagan ritual of Jade is as familiar as culture of... I don't know, Thailand of New Zealand, it's just all foreign. The vast majority of the deceased parents, grand and grand-grandparents of the 21st century Rodnovers, they, they're not pagans. They're either Catholic or Orthodox Christian, mostly. Our youngest ancestors, those who lived in the 19th or 20th or 21st century, those whose names we can still remember and call out, they don't know the symbols or norms of Slavic paganism. They don't know how to recognize the words or symbols we, the pagan, are using to call them. So, without the most basic platform of cultural communication, the field between the ethnically pure and not pure is just leveled. Because of hundreds of years of Christianization, in the 21st century, it does not matter at all if you are a Rodnover of Slavic or not Slavic ethnicity. Your youngest ancestors, those whose help you need and call upon, they won't understand your pagan ways anyway. So, if you want to follow the Slavic native faith in the 21st century, regardless of whether you are ethnically Slavic or not, you have to find in your family history an ancestor or ancestors who is or are willing and able to support you with their wisdom, who can help you out in your struggle with your day-to-day -day life or even with the supernatural. Once you find and get to know your ancestors, you should address them with respect, you should remember them often, you should know their names and as much as possible the history of their life, you should reflect upon their life and analyze it and this is how you draw the wisdom of their life experience. That was the first requirement, the ancestors. And now let's move on to the second point and I promise I do my best not to over talk it, but sometimes when I start, I just, <laughs> I just cannot stop. 
the second point, the second point is praying, which basing on what I see a lot, the modern road novels get the praying so very, very wrong. I mean, you know, it is kind of, in a way, understandable, because we pretty much all, we were born into some version of the Judeo-Christian religions, and those religions require a lot of praying. I mean, really, if you want to be a good Christian, you pretty much live your life on your knees. So no wonder that we, the modern aspiring pagans, growing up in this praying culture, when we go pagan, the first thing we do is praying. <laughs> That's the classic, and I'm sure you saw it all as well. The first point of order when becoming a Rodnover is to set up an altar and uh, a praying schedule, and then you can publish in you know, social media and discuss it, and here you go, you pagan or Rodnover. But the prayers, this is, I, I just have no words. Um, um, I did kind of read a little bit about these modern Rodnoveri prayers, and I, I have no words. Uh, there's just so many of these mystical websites and blogs full of real and one and only invocations to the Slavic gods like, come on, without any written sources, but you know best. Of course, there's also a list of all the things that you should, you know, have on your altar, like the right candles and the right herbs and, you know, the construction and whatever. And there's uh, also step-by-step -step recipes on how to make the right sacrifice of, you know, cheap beef and some grain from a very special all-organic online shop. And, uh, and it's sad. It's sad to watch and read particularly when you see the pictures on social media of all those altars and candles and sacrifices and then you read the discussions on what's right and what's not and who to pray to and how long, it's sad. Because Slavs don't live on their knees, you know? They just don't worship like that. I'm not going to elaborate more here because I've already spent a good hour and a half or something like that talking about it in the first three episodes of Searching for the Slavic Soul. So if you want to know, please feel free to listen to those episodes. For now, I only very briefly, I say this. Slavic gods were not interested in monitoring or supervising Slavs or any humans in a way that Judeo-Christian gods do it. Yahweh or Allah or Jesus, they might be very keen on spying on their believers, but the Slavic gods were not and are not. The Slavic gods are the gods of the land and the forces of the nature. It means that, according to the beliefs of our ancestors, Veles, Perun or Mokosh had, and still have, more important things to do than watch over every step of a human believer or not. From the point of view of a god of the land, so pretty much any Slavic god, humans are not much more important than sparrows or ants or frogs and most certainly less important than bees. What more, there's also some indications that pre-Christian Slavs actually did not want to be watched by their gods. For example, uh, Ebo, uh, a medieval historian, he recorded that in a temple of Trigwaf, which, which was one of the pre-Christian Slavic gods, 
So in the temple of Triguav, the bases on the statue of Triguav were covered with gold, so the god could not look upon his believers, so he didn't see their sins. So not only the Slavic gods did not want to watch their faithful, the faithful <laughs> did not want to be watched either. This is why if you want to become a Rodnover, first and foremost you have to stop bothering the gods with your prayers, because they don't care, and you don't want them to care. You really don't want the god of thunder or the gods of winds to start paying closer attention to you because when they do, you are in trouble. You don't want the gods to look at you. Just stop. Praying is for priests, for Żerca or Wolf. So unless you are Slavic priest, stop praying. If you really have to, if you cannot manage your compulsion to pray, pray to your ancestors. They will listen to you, they will advise you and they will help you out and most importantly they're not going to hurt you, hopefully, if you don't annoy them too much. As to the gods, the, the mighty rulers of the murderous nature, you pray to them only when you really have no other choice, like before a battle. You pray to them to say thank you to them after a good harvest. You pray to them when, you know, you ate all your food and it's, you know, the end of winter and the spring is just about to come and you have no other choice because if the gods don't bring the spring and if the land doesn't start produce your food, you are stuck, like you are in trouble. So this is when you pray. You don't pray every single day. And of course... When you pray to the Slavic gods, the praying, the prayer is not enough. When you pray to the Slavic gods, you also have to offer them a sacrifice or promise them a sacrifice. And this sacrifice is the price that you pay for the attention and help of the Slavic gods. So it's got to be a good one. It's got to be a valuable one. Well, we talked about it in the third episode of the Vityas podcast, so if you want to learn about the appropriate sacrifices to the Slavic gods and how to make them and when to make them, scroll down <laughs> to the third episode and listen. Or you can always visit us on our blog. Um, where was I? So, the, the second requirement for a future Rodnover, stop praying. I'm serious, stop praying now. Get up from your knees and do something useful, like, for example, find yourself a good, decent, helpful and strong community. Because the community is the third requirement of being a Rodnover. Because our ancestors were not loners. They lived in smaller or larger, more or less based on kinship groups. And in those groups, they cooperated, they helped each other, and they protected each other from dying from God's anger or just bad luck. There was a group of people, funny enough, they were called Jade or Lirnice, who within the pre-Christian Slavic society, they were loners. Uh, the Lirnice, they traditionally traveled between villages and sang epic or religious songs. 
sometimes they conducted rituals, particularly the rituals that were part of the veneration of the ancestors. And they played liras, which it's a version of hurdy-gurdy, as I'm told. I'm not very good with the instruments, but if you don't know what lira is, it's a hurdy-gurdy. If you don't know what's hurdy-gurdy, then I can help you, sorry. <laughs> uh, but even even those loners, even the Lirnice, they stayed in close and regular contact with other people and they maintained good working relationship with uh, the more settled Slavs. So if you want to follow the path of the Slavic faith, you have got to find yourself a community and within this community, you need to start building and maintaining interpersonal relationships based on mutual respect trust and uh, on mutual goals, focus on the benefit of both the community and the individual. But there's a catch. The community that can allow you to follow the path of your ancestors, it cannot just be any community because the communities built by pre-Christian Slavs, they were very different from the majority of society nowadays. The society of our ancestors as pretty much all of the pre-Christian early medieval societies, not only Slavic, but also Norse or Celtic, they were built by people whose personalities and attitudes towards life are not commonly seen nowadays. The people who built those pre-Christian pagan communities, they were absolutely nothing like us because they've experienced things that are pretty much unknown or even unimaginable for us. Because how many of you have ever experienced real hunger? Like a hunger when you haven't eaten anything for weeks. You are skeletal and you're dying without food. How many of you have seen your neighbors or members of family dying of diseases that were very common and very deadly in medieval ages? Like smallpox? cholera, tetanus, or even pneumonia. How many of you witnessed or experienced a newborn dying, or a two-year-old child dying, or a mother dying in labor from exsanguination or gangrene or peritonitis? How many of you have ever killed an animal and then proceeded to skin it, eviscerate it, cook it, and then eat it? How many killed another human being in a sacrifice to the gods? All of those unimaginable for most of us events, that was a part of a day-to-day life for our ancestors. Those events, they shaped personality and character traits seen only very seldom in the modern societies. And many modern people who actually experience events like that, they, you know, they have PTSD and need treatment. Our ancestors had to keep going. No therapy, no drugs, no time off. Keep going or die. So... Our ancestors were born, grew up and lived among strong, tough people. People who at the same time were fully aware of their weaknesses. They knew how fragile they were. They saw it every single day. You know, you trip over, break your leg, you're dead. Especially if it's an open fracture. Nowadays, you just spend some time in the hospital and then you're good. They didn't have painkillers either, so it really wasn't nice. Those people were proud and determined, but at the same time, they were humble towards the forces of nature. Those people, they were hell-bent on surviving, but at the same time, they were ready to die every day. 
our ancestors did not spend their days agonizing over the best color of candles on the altar. They didn't argue and ponder for hours over the most appropriate words for a religious incantation or the proper way of starting a sacrificial fire, which seem to be the most important and most discussed topics amongst modern Slavic pagans nowadays. Our ancestors had real problems, and if they didn't have real problems, they didn't create them, as we the modern Rodnovers seem to be doing it on a daily basis. So, if you want to become a Rodnover, a part of finding your ancestors you also should find yourself a community of reasonable, responsible people, people able to cope with their life without drama, people able to tell apart a real problem from an imaginary one, capable of appreciating and seeing their life and the world in general for what they really are. Only a community of sensible, reasonable and mentally and emotionally stable people can provide a safe haven and protection against the dangers which modern science and technology cannot protect you from, the outer aggression of the humanity. And now, those of us who want to follow the Slavic native faith, we want to follow this path for a reason. Usually, the reason is disappointment or loss or rebellion against the dominant religion or philosophy or lifestyle that rejects us or disgusts us. Often, the people who want to follow the Slavic faith, they seek a sense of belonging or self-worth, or which is the most disgusting reason, in my humble opinion. They seek to feel superior towards others and, again, very disgusting thing to do, many of those people do find the sense of superiority by corrupting the tradition of our ancestors and twisting it into a mold of one of many totalitarian ideologies of the 20th century. And you don't want to do it because it's wrong and it's disgusting. When you're lost and disappointed, when you are at the crossroads of rejection and rebellion, it's understandable that you just want to get the heck out of there. But before you do it, you've got to choose your path. And this is when you have a decision to make. If you want to leave the crossroads following a path that's nice, easy and enjoyable, I will strongly recommend that you do not follow the path of the old Slavic gods. Firstly, because the Slavic faith is not and has never been nice, easy and enjoyable. Rodnoveri is a modern religion reconstructed from trace and vague evidence left by our Slavic ancestors. Rodnoveri does not have any scriptures, sagas, eddas or any other uncontaminated written sources. Rodnoveri doesn't have any living original pagan uncontaminated believers, preachers or prophets. And this is why Following the Slavic native faith requires constant research, constant looking out for sources of knowledge and ways of interpreting it. It requires thinking, analyzing, questioning and discussing. The modern Slavic faith is like a river. It's constantly changing, demanding vigilant attention and looking out for whirlpools because it's so, so easy to fall into a whirlpool that will lead you into a muddy trap of totalitarian corruption. The second reason why Rodnoveri is not an easy path 
is the fact that the original Slavic faith was created by and for people much stronger, tougher and much more resilient than we are. Therefore, the Slavic native faith is just can't be easy. It's got to be tough. Don't take this path if you're not prepared to work bloody hard for it. However, if you are ready to take the hard path, if you are prepared to push yourself intellectually and emotionally and physically, if you are determined enough to find your ancestors, to understand them and accept their help, if you can get up from your knees, if you can stop praying and start deciding and acting for and on your own, if you are strong enough to stop following the rules of scriptures or commandments or preachers or even the God himself or herself, if you are brave enough to make friends with sensible, responsible and capable people, and believe me, it's not easy to make friends with people like that because they take no bullshit, and if you are brave enough to build a community as strong as the communities of pre-Christian Slavs were, then, and only then, can you join the Slavs. Take the shield and the sword both forged by your ancestors and use those weapons to fight off all the things that you were running from, all the things that made you feel lost, disappointed and rejected at the beginning of your path. That's all for today. I really enjoyed talking to you and I hope I wasn't too boring. Thank you very, very much for listening and uh, a slightly more very much thank you for letting us know what you thought about the episode so far. It's absolutely brilliant to get you emails or messages or comments and it'll be absolutely great to hear from you again. As always, you can contact us via our website, which is witia.squarespace.com. You can contact us via Facebook, Instagram or YouTube. And also you can email us on witia.daboru at gmail.com. That's witia.daboru at gmail.com. Regardless whether you agree or not with the opinions and point of views presented in the podcast do let us know. Again, Slavic native faith is all about thinking things through and discussing it and analyzing, so go for it. So even if you don't agree or think we stupid, go for it. Let us know. And for now, uh, take care and stay safe and Swava. See you next time.